0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. We are in Galatians chapter 3, verse 9, Galatians 3, 9, all right this is the verse we finished with last week we're gonna have some overlap so let's read that verse again galatians 3 9 those of you who are new to wednesdays or it's been a while remember it it's a full-blown service but what we do is uh, call it a bible study and we go book by book chapter by chapter verse by verse all right so right now we're in galatians we've done man since since january of 2020 we've done ephesians um I believe we've done Colossians, we've done Acts, and Romans, and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, so, and it takes a while. So here we are, we go, we go through, no rush. So Galatians 3.9, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing, someone say blessing, Abraham received because of his faith. Remember scripture says Abraham was counted righteous because he believed God. And that was, I say it again, that was before the law was ever initiated with Moses. That was about, about 400 years before the law with Moses. So we're gonna, I'm bringing that up because we're going to run into that here again about the law. So all who put their faith, someone say faith, their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. You say, what? Isn't the law good? Yeah, Scripture explains Scripture. Scripture says that the law is good, and it's necessary, right? But here's the issue with the law. It only points out your flaws, because you just can't quite measure up on your own. You just can't. And that was God's purpose, to show us, look, you need me to make you right with me, not just the system of rules, not even the the laws that I initiated. God God did this. The laws that God himself initiated, he he was showing us what we needed in Christ, okay? Okay. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. Why would you be under God's curse if you're, you know, depending on God's law to make you right with God? For the scriptures say, curse it is everyone who does not what? Observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So somebody's going to miss it somewhere. Why? Because we're human. You need God's grace. You need his empowerment. All right. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. Have you ever been in a situation like that? I've seen people throughout the years in church, and they're struggling, something we call condemnation, shame and guilt. They're on themselves. Oh, man, I can't do right. I'm struggling. And the more they get stuck there and inward, inward seeking and looking and just all about themselves, man, the more they say, I just can't do all this. It's a system of do's and don'ts, and that's where we're missing it. It's not a system of do's and don'ts. Jesus himself, he said, all the law and the prophets, they hang on this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and might. And love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Anybody. A professed enemy, someone from a rival family. You know, who else? Anybody. Who? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was going to say, was it the Capulets and the Montagues? Is that, is that Romeo and Juliet? Was that the last names? Montague and Capulet? Golly, I did not even thought of that since their name since probably ninth grade. Surprised I remember that. Rivals. Everybody's your neighbor. Love God and love others. It's that simple. Love God and love others. It's clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. And it's always amazing to me. You see people, I've seen this happen many times. They come out of the world, they get saved. Man, it's by God's grace. They're in their season of their first love. And then for whatever reason, Hurts, disappointments, unresolved issues. I think many times it's unforgiveness. Many times. There's something that they've just been hurt about. Who knows? There's all these different reasons why. But then they start getting into the Word, and then it becomes the letter of the law. So I've seen people come out of the world, and then they go into a religious system. Isn't that crazy? I've seen it my whole life. People, man, more hardcore than me and you. Been into all kinds of stuff in the world. Did it all. And miraculously saved and delivered and speaking in tongues and baptizing the Holy Spirit. and And then they get into religion. And it's like they've come full circle. And now you're watching them and going, man, religion can't save you. The letter of the law kills, Scripture says. It'll wipe you out. And others, you know, they twist that and go, well, if, if you're trying to be holy all the time and walk holy, well, you're just being legalistic. Uh, you need to read scripture and be balanced. Because the New Testament talks about grace, right? It's by God's grace. You can't make it without his grace and forgiveness and mercy and his favor. But at the same time, it says we don't go on practicing sin. See, people say, well, y'all are just legalistic. No, it's called holiness. And it's real simple. When you're right, wi- you're right with God through faith, correct? You're right with God through faith. So you believed, man, it's counted to you as righteousness, just like Abraham. But now we have Jesus. So you put your faith in Jesus and you're right with God because of your faith in Jesus. And when you're right with him, you are righteous. And when you are righteous, you live like it. And when you live like it, your conduct is holy. So faith, righteousness, holiness. I believe it's that, that progression. You believe, oh man, you're right with God. through You've placed your faith in Jesus. I know everyone in here has placed your faith in Jesus, so now you're right with God through Jesus. If you're right with God, that is righteousness. You're right with God. I'm saying it over and over again. I want it to really get in there. And when you're right with God, you know you're right with God, and so you live like it. When you live like it, that is your conduct, and that is holiness. Holiness is not a religious thing. Holiness isn't sprinkling incense and acting real holy. And it, No, it's not. It's your conduct you treat people right when nobody's looking remember I've talked to you about this over the years is everybody has a public life a private life and a secret life my wife doesn't go in with me into the restroom every time in fact she doesn't so I have a private I have a a private life with my wife but then I have a a secret life but I don't have any secrets I'm not in there looking at weird stuff on my phone. God has delivered me. God healed me years ago. And, and by the way, let me just do a blurb. We've got a class coming up this Sunday. We're going to announce it. This is for men and women. You say, man, I've struggled in that area. You say, I've struggled in the area of pornography or in the spirit of perversion. We're going to have you text a number. Text, I believe, freedom to a certain number. And you can enroll in the class. I'm going to teach it for six weeks in October. And God can deliver you. I told you briefly, I was briefly sex, uh, sexually abused at a, at a young age. I was, had pornography presented to me at a young age, not at home. My parents, you knew them. You knew my mom. Uh, you know my dad. Holy people. We didn't ever have weird stuff at home like that. If movies got too heated or there was too much in them, they'd turn them off. We were just, they lived right. They were good examples. But I was presented with junk when my parents weren't there. And it changed my life, and the devil wanted to destroy me. But God delivered me, and I am free, completely free. And I must say this, from a place of humility, if God can deliver me, men and women, as for those on the live stream tonight, he can deliver you completely. And I'm going to talk about this. You say, oh, man, it's crazy you're bringing that up. Yeah, but some people don't want to talk about it, but it's become the real pandemic. I don't remember the statistic, but a, a large percentage of pastors now are into that junk. And something happened. And da- it happens all the time. So don't, don't try to try to hide a blind eye or, you know, you try be like an ostrich and stick your head in the sand or whatever. Because it's out there and kids get exposed to it even by accident. They're on YouTube innocently watching stuff and there's junk on there and they're fascinated by it. And I'm telling you, it's worse than drugs. An, an, ad- an addiction to perversion and pornography is way worse than drugs. It's worse than meth and heroin. It does things to your brain that is is mind-blowing. And I just need to tell you right now, said all that to say, once you've accepted Jesus, he's given you the power to be right with God. And when you're right with God, you can be holy. Live right in your public, your private, and your secret life. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are helter-skelter. There's an old word for you. They're they don't, they're malfunctioning, they're misfiring, they're not, they're not running on all cylinders because per- you were not created for perversion. Sexual activity outside of marriage destroys people. It destroys people, and that's not to condemn. I'm telling you, that comes from a place of love and humility, and I tell you right now, if God can deliver me, he can deliver you, but it has to come to the surface at some point, and that's uncomfortable, but we're going to be very discreet about it, and we're going to have this class, and i We'll see what God does with it. God does with it. It's going to be a Sunday night class. So we're going to see what God does with it. We felt led, Jen and I, to do it. And uh, we'll see what God, what God does because we know that, yes, man, everybody in here wants to serve God. Everybody that's ever come to this church, I believe in them was a desire to serve God. Whether it panned out or not, at some point they wanted to serve God. But things get in the way. Life gets in the way. And you get stuck on addictions and stuff. And what do people with addictions do many times? They run and they hide, and they isolate themselves. And the fear and the shame and the guilt wipes you out. And then there's the, we we ain't even going to get into the anxiety and depression all that junk causes, but man, you can be free in God because of what Jesus did. It's clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. Trying to keep the law says, I'm going to do that. I'm going to not look at that stuff anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, no. The scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has what? Other translations say the just shall live by faith. Those that are right with God, they're right with God and they will live by faith. And they're right with God because of the faith that they've placed in Jesus. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. Well, that's all they had at one point. But, someone say but. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law, When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine God looked down the corridors of time? Jesus did, and he saw all the sins that we would ever commit, and he said, I'm still going to die for them because they're my creation. I'm going to take their place. That one criminal on the cross, he came to his senses, and he said, What are you doing? He said to the other one, he said, Don't you realize he's innocent? We deserve to be here, but look at him. And then that statement of faith. What a power that that always gets me, that statement of faith. After he said that, he said, He's innocent. So he recognized him as the holy and pure and perfect Lamb of God. Number one. And then in his own way. And then secondly, he turned to Jesus and said, Remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. All because he placed his faith in him. Wow. Man, that that's cutting it close, though, don't you think? You're being tortured to die? Romans were experts at executing people. They would conquer cities that were rebellious, and they'd crucify hundreds and thousands of people. They were experts at torture and human execution. And that guy waited till the last minute. Don't you do that. I know y'all believe and y'all love Jesus, but I'm just saying, tell other people, too, don't wait. I'm having fun right now. It won't be fun if you don't have time to repent. Don't do that. Don't do that. So when he was hung on the cross... He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoings. we acknowledge now that we need Jesus and live for him now. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. So this is the powerful thing about the law. God set it up, and it was to show us, look, we need something more. The system of do's and don'ts, it's tough, it's good, but nobody can measure up. So God set up this system of law to show us that we need a Savior. Himself in the form of the Lamb of God. All right. We needed that. But at the same time, it was amazing because even Jesus, he came and he fulfilled all the law, even by becoming a curse for us. Can you imagine that? Cursed is everyone who was hung on a tree. He was on a wooden cross that's made of tree components, right? So he became a curse for us. Wow. Let's keep going. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, that's me and you, right, the non-Jews, with the same blessing. Someone say, same blessing. Remember when he told Abraham, he said, in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply you. That is some kind of crazy multiplication and blessing. While you're being blessed, you will be blessed, and while you're being multiplied, I'm going to keep multiplying you. That is astronomical, that is exponential. God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers, that's you, that's me, might receive the what? The promised Holy Spirit through faith. Mm. I confess that for you. I declare that for you. Those of you on the live stream and in the house, you say, man, I, I want to I I, I be baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. It's coming. You keep believing. We had a young lady text Pastor Jen a couple weeks ago. And she had believed for several months. And one night she was at home praying, and it just hit her. She began to pray in tongues, a spiritual heavenly language. So it's on its way. If you have believed for that, you just receive the gift. How do you receive a gift? Thank you. You say thank you and just receive it, and it's yours. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life, the apostle says. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, Irrevocable means it cannot be changed. So it is in this case. Hmm, How so? God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. God said, here's the promises. It's for you and your seed. It's for you and Isaac and everyone else that follows y'all. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children. That is an interesting statement. As if it meant many descendants rather it says to his child and that of course means christ huh because jesus in the flesh was jewish right this is what i'm trying to say the agreement god made with abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when god gave the law to moses there was already an agreement in there based on faith someone say faith just got to believe you say, man, I'm here because of desperation. Sometimes you reach out for God in faith in your desperation, and I admire that. Keep it up. Say, man, things are better now. I don't need God anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. Most of us, we crawled in here struggling. We, really. That's how we get to know God. Man, I was at a low point in my life when I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to obey you about the ministry when I was 23. I said, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I tried. I ran. And Dad, Dad was he was using psychology on us. Dad was always like, hey, no, don't go into the ministry. It's tough. Make a lot of money and tithe and give to the Lord. Give to the work of the Lord. You serve God, but you don't, don't, go into the, you don't have to go into the ministry. Because he knew, he knew we were called, but one day I said, I'm, I'm called to the ministry. But, man, it was already I'd been through some stuff. Lord, please, I cried out. So here's what I'm saying tonight. You call out to God in the tough times, but you praise him in the good times, and you stay firm. You stay rooted. You stay grounded and not wishy-washy. The world's watching you and me. Did you know that? They're checking you out. Just as simple as sis said she was at the store and slipped, folks were seeing how she reacted. They don't know her, but they were, that reaction of, oh, why am I going to do a lawsuit? We're fine here. This is great. We're going to move on. People are watching you. They're seeing how you react. And they, whether they admit it or not, they admire the the standard that you now bear. They do. People admire it. I've said this for years, man. They give you a hard time when they're in a group, and later on they're like, hey, man, would you pray for me? I know we were laughing and stuff. Please forgive me, but uh, we were drunk. Sorry. I had one too many. I had 10 too many, 15. I don't know. But, man, please pray for me. Pray for me. I know you're a person of faith. I know you're a man of God, a woman of God, whatever. You keep living by faith. Someone say live by faith. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. Mm. God would be breaking his promise if he changed his mind about the agreement, and he's not going to do that. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. Isn't that interesting? But God graciously gave it to the what? Gave it to Abraham as a promise. Man, it was before the law. And it was all because of faith. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise. (laughs) We just, we hinted at this a few times in the last few minutes, right? The law was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. You got to have a moral law, don't you? This is all wrong. This is all right. But you, I mean, you're going to struggle with keeping all of it. But here it is. It's laid out now. No questions asked. You just... You can't be ignorant now. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. He was a mediator at that point. Now, a mediator is a go-between, right? Is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? They're saying God gave His promise directly to Abraham. He didn't go through anyone else. It came directly to Abraham. Everybody else got the law through Moses, right? Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. Hmm. But the Scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. Apart from Jesus, we're prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. That's it. Let's stay right there now. I think I'm going to end with that tonight. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. But did you catch that? Scripturally, I don't believe you stay a sinner, because a sinner is one who practices sin. And we're not going to be practicing sin. We're going to sin sometimes. We're going to make mistakes but we're not practicing sin. People, I, and I know I've heard it my whole life, and it sounds good, and it sounds religious, man, and it sounds pretty good, and they get amens from Say, man, we're sinners saved by grace. Well, we were sinners, but we're not sinners anymore. I've heard, I've heard people of God say that. People who love God but say, well, you know, we're just a sinner. Hey, I, I get your point, but you're not a sinner anymore because you're not practicing sin. Can I get an amen? Amen. You are the right. How could you be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and a sinner? Logically. How? That, that would be impossible. How could you be holy and a sinner? You're going to be one or the other. So you're not practicing sin. You said, well, I made a mistake. That's OK. We're going to confess that. And it is under the blood of Jesus. Now, the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom. See, promise of freedom means you're no longer a prisoner only by believing in Jesus Christ. Praise God. I don't always ask because I know you're not going to say anything, but does anyone have any questions tonight? Galatians 3.22. We're going to close out there. Galatians 3.22. Any questions at all? All right. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, please.